evening and welcome to the 436th episode of Travel with Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with my friend and co-host, Mary Ellen Newton-Lee. And this is the 10th season of Travel with Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travel Itch Radio. And our honored guest tonight is my friend and colleague, Larry Horwitz, Executive Vice President of Historic Hotels of America. Welcome back, Larry, to Travel Itch Radio. Thank you, Dan, and thank you, Mary Ellen. What a pleasure to be with both of you this evening. Well, it's a pleasure as ours. And with Halloween just three days away, Historic Hotels of America has a lot to talk about with paranormal activity at many of its properties. First, Larry, tell us about your group. How many members are there, and what qualifications does a property need? Sure, thanks, Mary Ellen. Um, we have... Uh, more than 300 historic hotels uh, representing 44 states, uh, U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, and the District of Columbia. Uh, to be inducted into Historic Hotels of America, which is an official program of the National Trust for Historic Preservation, a hotel must be at least 50 years old, be eligible to be listed in the National Registry of Historic Places, and if something of historic significance has occurred there and it has uh, historic architecture. The original building the hotel's in uh, is at least 50 years old and of a historic significance. Now, Historic Hotels of America put out its 2021 list of most haunted historic hotels. With so many to choose from, how do you make your selections, and who makes the final call? Well, I guess this time of year, my resume says I'm a paranormal expert at least haunted hotels. Uh, We receive, we actually got to the hotels, and I'm not sure whether it's uh, the the global situation, but but hotels can self-nominate, guests can nominate hotels, the media can nominate hotels. Initially, we received over 100 nominations of historic hotels where people wrote in and described uh, episodes of paranormal experiences, spirits, ghosts, or other hauntings. And we authenticate. We don't go out and look for each one ourselves. I have to say I'm not not personally go out and interview the ghosts, and and we don't validate the, the age of the ghost and in the, in the background of the ghost, but we do look for other verification that the hotels have to provide us, uh, that somebody else has, has, has uh, also written or described this, uh, the situation of a, of a ghost or a paranormal experience in the hotel. Well, Larry, I've stayed so, in more than 50 different properties that belong to Historic Hotels of America and enjoyed them all. But I'm still waiting to experience anything paranormal. As executive vice president of the association, can you say the same? You know, I have now met uh, over the last 15 years some people that have described their experience 
uh, or their paranormal experience or what they sensed was a spirit or sensed was something happening. I remember walking home with my wife. We were in Seattle and we were walking for breakfast and just happened to stop in the street and talk to a couple. And I missed, we're in the store hotels. And next thing is, do you have this hotel in Denver? And I said, well, I know it. She says, I had to uh, have my room changed. Have you seen, they, 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 they were someone in there and screaming and taking my clothing and throwing it away. This is a very rough <laughs> couple that stopped me on the street, didn't know who I was. And, and, it, and then the husband explained that, you know, she's an executive with a major company here in Seattle, which I won't name. He flew to Denver to have to bring her home and calm her down her home. So that was probably the most situation where someone was describing firsthand. And she actually said, I never believed in ghosts. The only ghosts I knew about growing up with Casper. And so um, I do know that in, in uh, my only, I've had a few experiences. They all will talk about it later where someone later on told me, oh, you might have seen the ghost. I described what happened, but I, you know, I don't know that uh, I was enough where I called Ghostbusters. <laughs> you know, from, from talking to your hoteliers, I know some people want to stay in a room that's allegedly haunted and others deliberately avoid those rooms. Is that still true well into the 21st century? That is true. In our list, we actually name certain room numbers um, that people seek out because they've, they've read. Uh, and, you know, first of all, the, the, uh, the web is a wonderful experience because uh, you can immediately make a room famous where uh, pre, pre-internet, it took forever to find articles about some of these rooms and document them. And so social, between social media and, and the internet, um, it's, there are a lot more people that can share their stories and their experiences they've had. But as a result of that, many hotels actually know the room number. And I don't know if they um, increase the rates around this time of year, but they do know there's more demand for people seeking out specific rooms. Okay, we're talking with Larry Horwitz, Executive Vice President of Historic Hotels of America. And, and Larry, some of your properties go back a long way. Let's start with Concord's Colonial Inn in Concord, Massachusetts. I understand a doctor did surgery in room 24 and used another room as a morgue. Could you share with our audience? Well, that's true. Before it was an inn, um, it was a tavern. Before it was a tavern, it was a private uh, um, residence, and the Dr. Timothy Minot, um, between 1716 and uh, the mid 1750s, he ran his medical practice there in what was the town hospital. Um, if you remember, the in April 1775, the shot heard around the world: the Battle of Concord and the Battle of Lexington. Mm. Well, the wounded soldiers that were brought to Concord's Colonial Inn, but it wasn't called that at that time. They were brought to Dr. Minot's residence. And there was an operating room, and they attempted to remove bullets or to repair severed limbs. Um, some didn't make it. And so to this day, people think that there are the spirits of our first um, American Revolutionary War patriots. And room 24 is the room that was used as the operating room and what is now known as the Liberty Room 
or you can have a cup of coffee or tea or beverage in the afternoon or happy hour, was used uh, as a hospital uh, in the 1770s. And so people think they've seen, they hear, um, in, in, and so between room 24 and the Liberty Room. Um, but the other thing I love about the hotel is, is where it is in Concord. It was, it's a literary capital of America. And some people think um, there was that one of the writers that we all know, Henry David Thoreau, that they mm-hmm. still see Henry David Thoreau and uh, a young lady, which might have been his wife, uh, walking the halls, uh, looking to entertain other literary greats of America. That's so cool. And, and we understand some of your ghosts are former staffers who never left the hotels where they worked. I'm thinking about a maid called Mrs. Clean at the Hotel Monteleone in New Orleans and the ghostly bellman at Jekyll Island Club in Georgia. Tell us about those. Well, the experience is that on the 14th floor of the Hotel Monteleone in New mm-hmm. Orleans, there's a maid, and people think it was, the maid's name was Maurice, but they, and, and her name, um, but she still haunts the hotel. And they said, they said that, you know, they, they think they see a maid, a mother, a grandmother, a great-grandmother, mm-hmm. uh, picking up after housekeeping. And, in, 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 you know, whether it's the middle of the day or the night, they'll come back and they'll say, gee, my room's been tidied up or the hallway's been tidied up. <gasps> I thought, and someone will say, well, housekeeping's not on your floor. <laughs> and I said, no, I just talked to housekeeping. So this is, in this case, we have um, a, uh, a person that certainly cares about cleanliness, neatness, and has been nicknamed the Mrs. Clean Ghost that supposedly mm. haunts the hotel and still tidies it up on the 14th floor, that is, to this day. Oh, wow. And a couple of your alleged apparitions apparently took their own lives. There was a young woman who ran in front of a passing locomotive at Union Station, Nashville Yards, and another young woman whose boyfriend failed to join her at Hotel Del Coronado. We have a number of sad stories, and we mm. think we're and they're they're just they're broken hearts. Uh, in the in the situation in Nashville in the Union Station Hotel, which didn't start out as a hotel, it started out as the Union Station uh, railway station where you went to board your train uh, and then uh, leave. But there was a small, um, it was a busy, it was a very busy station. This is pre-aviation, of course, and there was a in uh, around World War II era, a young woman named Abigail. Said goodbye to her soldier as he left to go off to fight World War II. He went to France. Well, she arrived. She got a message he was coming back sometime later, uh, a couple of years later. And she went and waited in the station, and then she was told he'd been killed in action. That was the no. first she was told. Oh. And distraught, the story is that she immediately threw herself in front of the next passing locomotive. And to this day, the forlorn spirit of Abigail, they say, is seen wandering the National Train Station, and her presence is felt in room 711, where she had checked in, waiting for her soldier to come back from France. And it's now known as the Abigail Room, 
and you can actually mm-hmm. stay and it's still decorated in a similar way to what it would have been decorated back in World War II with antiques, four-poster bed, artwork, and some photographs of the love for her soldier that never returned. Mm-hmm. The, um, you know, to... There's several... You know what? Mm-hmm. No, go ahead, Larry. Tell us about the Hotel well, Del Coronado. Well, another one. If you go to the West Coast, there's a, there's a sad story at the Hotel Del Coronado. Uh, one of my favorite hotels in San Diego. Yeah. It's in Coronado, California, near San Diego. And this actually goes back to 1892. There was a young lady, Kate Morgan, age 24, according to the local newspapers. And she would check in. She was waiting, unhappy. And the employees at the time said, what are you waiting for? And she says, I'm waiting for my fiancé to arrive. He dropped me here and back then by carriage, of course. <laughs> and he hasn't come back. And after five lonely days, she took her life. At mm-hmm. the time, police couldn't find anything to identify her. They didn't know who she was. They had a description. They telegraphed it around the country. And the newspapers referred to her as the beautiful stranger around the country. And, and then finally, she was identified as Kate Morgan, uh, a worker from a Los Angeles household, uh, recognized her. And to this day, uh, people think they see her on the third floor guest room. Uh, it's a requested room. Uh, they see people report seeing in the room where she was, uh, had checked in, flickering lights. Of course, they say they talk about a television that turns itself on and off. There were no televisions back then. But they say <laughs> she, she appears in a television that turns off. I, I just reported it. Don't, I don't question it. And they sense the breezes coming in and, of course, things moving on their own. Um, of course, they say if you're in that room, they hear unexplained footsteps and voices. And so that's another sad story that uh, people go to see if they can find the spirit of Kate Morgan. And, and listeners, if, if Hotel Del Coronado rings a bell, that's where they filmed Some Like It Hot was, I believe, was it Janet Lee or Marilyn Monroe? Marilyn remember? Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. Okay. Famous movie. Yes, tremendous. Uh, wow, good, tremendous movie. You know, Hollywood, and this is another, another time, another call we should talk about. Hollywood loves historic hotels. Because historic it's hotels a, are provided. A, yeah, just a, a, a tremendous date. romantic yeah. setting. Hmm. We'll do that. But in the meantime, we've got so much more to cover about haunted hotels. At the Sealback Hilton in Louisville, there are reports of a dark-haired woman walking through elevator doors without opening them. In baseball, we call umpires the men in blue, but here we have a lady in blue. So what's the story? Well, first of all, when I heard this first heard this several years ago, I said, well, this is a person that doesn't wait for any elevator. Uh, she doesn't need to. She's known as the lady in blue. And with the housekeepers and, and employees of the hotel back started reporting that that there was somebody that, regardless, they pushed the button and then walked through the elevator doors and not wait for the elevator to open. This was reported to security, and security went checking and looking for this person and remember seeing this person would come out of elevators without the doors opening. And, of course, this is the story, and she's a strikingly beautiful woman, always in a blue chiffon dress. Mm-hmm. And they think 
that the story it goes back to the 1930s when there's a lady that worked across the street from the Seelbach Hotel in Louisville, now the Seelbach Hilton, and she came across to meet her husband. And the, the, the story in the newspapers was is that, unfortunately, uh, he was killed on the way to the hotel. And that she was so upset when she learned that her husband wasn't meeting her at the hotel that she plunged her death in elevator shaft number three, wearing a long blue chiffon dress. And she continues to show up around elevator shaft number three to this day. We are talking with Larry Horowitz, Executive Vice President of Historic Hotels of America. Larry, I knew Salem had to be on this list. The Hawthorne Hotel opened in 1925, 250 years after the Salem Witch Trials. But there are reports of lights and faucets working on their own, cold spots in room 325, and a ghostly woman visiting room 612. What's the real story? Well, the guests, first of all, the Hawthorne Hotel is in Salem. And as you said, in the Salem Witch uh, trials were held in the 1690s, and, and many of the spirits from those trials uh, still haunt the area. And in room 612, as well as in the sixth floor in general, guests have reported seeing a ghostly woman walking the halls. Uh, they've reported lights, faucets turning on, off and off, on and off. In 1990. They held a seance in the Grand Ballroom to try and contact Harry Houdini, who they believe could come back and explain these ghosts, including the spirits of Room 612. And well, they can, they say, is they know they can hear furniture moving, sightings of the woman. They don't have any more descriptions to give other than evidence that. There's spirits doing things within the hotel. But I have to emphasize, no guest has ever reported a, a negative experience with one of these ghosts. It's only the ghosts are almost ignore the guests. The ghosts are only doing things within the hotel, moving furniture, um, turning things on and off, but never, ever uh, interacting with the guests. Well, at the Emily Morgan in San Antonio, which opened a year before the Salem property, there's several floors with unusual goings-on, including strange smells, doors opening and closing by themselves, and apparitions that appear and disappear. The general manager there even wrote a book called The Haunted Emily Morgan Hotel. True or false? Very true. You know, the Emily Morgan Hotel is known to some as the most uh, one of the three most haunted hotels in the world, according to USA Today. Mm. According to various reports, um, the most haunted floors are the 7th, the ninth, and 14th floor. At one point, the hotel, before it became a hotel, functioned as a hospital. And these are the floors that were the psychiatric ward, the surgery floor, and the waiting area and morgue, respectively. And so the paranormal reports involving the ghosts and spirits are on the, these three floors. And the guests have reported different things uh, from door, uh, guest doors being opened uh, and opening a door and seeing a scene from a hospital waiting room 
and they closed the door and they opened it again and they back to a guest room. They've seen uh, flashing of lights. They report seeing apparitions of nurses in the hallways pushing rickety gurneys. Um, and then they, they've uh, even seen images of, of uh, what they thought were doctors going up and down. And so it's, uh, it's a lot of sightings have been reported. Uh, of course, the increase around here. One of my favorites uh, at this hotel is they created the Blueberry Scream Cocktail. A vodka, berry fusion, and schnapps. And they also, in October, served the Boo Berry Pancake. <laughs> <laughs> but no one has seen any of the spirits in the, in the, in the, uh, in the lounge or at breakfast time. Mm. Well, Larry, flickering chandeliers and vanishing hotel property have been reported in Santa Fe, where La Posada de Santa Fe dates back to 1882. And we hear there have also been reports of a woman in a black Victorian dress wandering around that hotel. Your take? I've heard it. The the, the leadership of the hotel has told me about it. Uh, I've, I've read about it. I haven't seen it, but I, but I, when I'm next in Santa Fe, I would like to see. People think it's Julia Staub, who was the wife of oh. Abraham Staub, a wealthy merchant who built the original three-story brick mansion, which is on the site of the current resort. Uh, she passed away in 1896, uh, and they think her spirit didn't leave when she passed away. Her spirit continued on because she loved uh, La Posada so much and they think they've seen her watering the halls um, that basically is unsettling they're frightened it, this, is a, this is a ghost that, that appears to be frightened of something or someone else uh, but they have seen around her when she evidence of her walking the floor flickering fireplaces, swaying chandeliers certain hotel items but never items belonging to guests just vanishing from guest rooms. Um, a bartender mentioned one story that one night all the glasses flew off the shelf. Wow. But um, they do know from articles that were written and stories about her that she loved gardening, loved decorating her houses with roses. And, and I grow roses as well at our home in Georgetown. And one of the things that the hotel describes, people come in and they say, we love the smell of the roses throughout the hotel. The hotel has no roses, does not have a rose garden, and does not provide any rose scents to the hotel. But they do know that Julia Staub, the woman in black, loved mm-hmm. roses. And that's the, the, that's the, the most reported experience people have. It's Julia. Yeah, we are talking with Larry Horowitz, Executive VP of Historic Hotels of America. Larry, another one of the Historic Hotels of America properties I visited, the Hotel Viking in Newport, Rhode Island, has had multiple reports of ghost stories from guests and staff. In addition to reporting a little boy cleaning the hotel's historic wing, that property apparently has a whole group of ghostly partygoers who make noise when no events are planned. Have you seen or heard them? You know, I haven't, but I, I've read some comment cards of people talking about it. 
I've heard from the hotel and I've read reviews where people think there's a reception going on. It could be a, uh, of, of a group, whether it's a wedding or other celebration or reunion of people that's going on in the wee hours of the night, and they'll say there wasn't any reception booked here last night. There wasn't any celebration going on. But the noise is heard from one of the ballrooms in a space that was once used for storage. Uh, and and the, the sound travels uh, to different parts of the hotel. And, and the, the, you know, the story is that uh, they, people report checking in and they see here there's parties that are going on until late in the night. And the hotel says, we didn't have a party booked. So they do it. They do it. By the way, they do a fabulous uh, party in October, Hotel Viking, and this one's real. Called the Halloween Spooky Time Portal to the Gilded Age, and uh, it's the uh, the party allows the uh, the guests of the hotel to uh, travel for a part of the evening back to the Gilded Age and and back. But uh, and then of course I think many of those party goers. Do report the next day seeing paranormal experiences. Okay, just a few minutes left, but we've got to talk about the celebrity ghosts at the Hilton Baton Rouge Capital Center, opened in 1927, which is believed to be haunted by the ghost of former governor and presidential candidate Huey Long, the most colorful politician in Louisiana history. The hotel has been smoke-free since 2006, but housekeepers still report a whiff of cigar smoke in rooms they've just cleaned, not to mention lights going on and off by themselves. What is the long and short of it? <laughs> well, he would be long, a very, very colorful, colorful uh, politician for Louisiana. Um, really wanted to uh, be in Washington, D.C. in the White House. Uh, so much so that as governor, he built a mansion that resembled the White House and is still there. Uh, he frequented the Baton Rouge uh, Capital Center, known then as the Huddleburg Hotel, but now the Hilton Baton Rouge Capital Center. And they say that he even had a tunnel dug to the hotel so he could escape his enemies, political enemies, that is, and lose his mistress. Um, the spirit of him is that he used to love being on the 10th floor, puffing away at cigars. And to this day, people report that they can smell a whiff of cigar smoke, even in rooms that have just been cleaned. And the general manager, recently had said, after living at the hotel, that the general manager even experienced the activity, lights turning on and off and no one was around, seeing a shadow of someone walking by the mezzanine suite back and forth. And he opened the door and no one was there, but he smelled cigar smoke. And so the... Um, to this day, I think that um, Huey Long um, stopped being governor, but he continues to be a guest at the Hilton Baton Rouge Capital Center. <laughs> now, how do Travel It's Radio listeners learn more about historic hotels of America? The best way is uh, on the website is uh, uh, historichotels.org. It's historichotels.org, and go to our website, uh, and that has the histories, overviews, pictures, videos of more than 300 historic hotels of America, as well as more than 300 uh, fabulous, iconic, and legendary historic hotels located outside the United States. 
Okay, and once again, I'm a personal fan of Historic Hotels of America, having stayed in more than 50 of them. Obviously, the one in Cooperstown, the Otis Saga, is near and dear to my heart. Been there many times, but there's so many other great members of Historic Hotels of America all across the country. And if you want a really enjoyable, often luxurious experience, and occasionally with a, a ghost thrown in, go to Historic Hotel of America. And our special guest tonight has been Larry Horwitz, Executive VP of Historic Hotels of America. Thank you, Larry. Great having you. Great. Thank you, Dan. I, I really uh, enjoyed I, if I have a second, just to say, uh, I did have an experience at the Parker House, Omni Parker House in Boston. Uh, I was late at night. I checked in. I went up to the 10th floor, and a very, very nice gentleman said, I looked lost, which I was. It was late at night. said, no, your room is down the hall to the right. When I went down the next day, I mentioned to this very nice gentleman up there, and they said, oh, you saw Harvey Parker. He stays on the 10th floor. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's great. opened the Parker House. <laughs> He's still there helping guests. That's great. And that's, unfortunately, we're out of time. That's it for this edition of Travel It Radio. Next week, same time, same station, same writer, same announcers. We'll learn about the new U.S. Army Museum with special guests Susan Smullen and Jamie Eubens. Then on Veterans Day, it's the USA Midway Museum with David Kuntz. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with my beautiful and talented co-host, Mariella Nugent Lee, saying thank you for your time this time until next time. Good night and stay safe.